0: Hello and welcome to Calling All Cars from OTRgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors.
1: Calling All Cars, the copyrighted program created by Rio Grande. Police calling all cars, attention all cars, broadcast 191 regarding a holdup. Suspect described as male American, 24 years. Five feet eight or nine inches, 145 pounds. Dark hair and eyes. Wore a gray overcoat and cap. This man is dangerous.
0: That's all. Rolls and fate.
1: guide you in securing an authentic work of art,
0: or work of art, or
1: would you call in one of more expert authorities to steer you right and
0: insure you against getting an
1: interior product? The answer is obvious. You would buy only after you had expert advice that it was genuine and worth the price asked. In nearly all our purchases, we are influenced by the choice of others whose opinions we respect. Make that your policy in the purchase of gasoline for your motor car. Use the gasoline that carries the highest endorsement of any motor fuel in the state. The exclusive selection of 30 important cities and counties. The gasoline that communities rely on above all others to power their police cars, fire engines, ambulances, and emergency equipment of all kinds. Yes, last year, Rio Grande cracked gasoline, powered police and fire equipment for over 55 million miles. Meeting the exact requirements of this type of service, which includes all speeds and all degrees of rough usage. Think about police car performance in terms of your own needs. Wouldn't you like to have a smooth, velvety operation in traffic and a great reserve power to meet every emergency? The answer is of course you would, so why not get it? It's yours waiting for you at the nearest Rio Grande Pump. Drive around tomorrow and see your Rio Grande dealer. We take pleasure now in presenting Chief James E. Davis of the Los Angeles Police Department. Chief Davis. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Many of you may not realize that you have a duty and responsibility to aid in combating crime. The most perfectly functioning police system, armed with the most modern fighting equipment, and having at its command the most scientific knowledge and material, is helpless and ineffectual without the aid and support of you, the citizen. The indifference of public-spirited citizens who should be most concerned, and the shielding of criminals by relatives with the connivance of crooked lawyers, has led many criminals to deliberately commit crimes knowing from past experience that the worst fate that can befall them is a few years in prison. Tonight's program is a case in point, and I shall have more to say about it at the end of the broadcast. At 8
0: o'clock...
1: On the night of December 7th, 1930, Carl Dean brought the streetcar on which he was motorman to a stop at 11th and Georgia Street, while his conductor, Leland Hanson, threw the switch to bring the car into the barns on Georgia Street. The conductor had just regained his platform when he heard a step behind him. This car is going to the barn. We can't. Never mind that. Give me what you got. What do you mean? Don't stall me, fellow. Where's the money? It's in my pocket. All right, let's have it. Yes, sir. So you got? Yes. How much in that changer? Uh, nothing in there. Okay, bell him down. All right, two bells.
0: What's coming up back right there? Some guy get on by mistake? No, no, I've been held up.
1: At 11.23 on the night of March 25th, Safety the operator already fuller, noticed the passenger waiting for his car to stop at 40th and McKinley. He pulled his car to a stop, opened the door, waited while his passenger boarded the car. As was his custom, he watched his passenger's feet and legs to see that he was safely settled, then started his car. He looked around to see if a fare had been deposited in the fare box. Just keep looking ahead, buddy, and you won't get hurt. Look at me again, and I'll shoot you dead. But, but what are you want? This is a pickup little object resting on your spare boxes of guns. Ever see one? Yeah. Okay, pal. Hand over what you got. You won't get very much. Uh, this has been a kind of a poor Well, you got paid today, didn't you? Yeah, but I don't carry that around with me. Okay, give me what you have. Well, here's two bucks, and here's two fifty cent pieces, and two tokens. And here's what's in the changer. That makes about $15, and all. all right. Let me off at the next stop. Keep buttoned up, pal, and you won't get hurt. And don't look around. Don't worry, I
0: won't.
1: Five days later, shortly before 2 o'clock in the morning, officers James Costello and Elmer were patrolling the district of Old Bangalore near West 7th and Lucas I hear the boys down at Georgia are a little worried about that streetcar holdup last week. Yeah. That bird. Hansen furnished a pretty good description last December. Huh? I oh, got a good one from Fuller, the man he held up on the 25th. Anybody see his face in either job? No. Oh, Fuller got a fair look. Everybody identified the overcoat and cap, though. Well, if he's still in Los Angeles, we'll find him, all right. Oh, he's probably in Timbuktu for this time, yeah. <laughs> now, take it a little slower, Elmer. There's a mug sitting in an automobile. Don't look so good at this time of night. Turn around, Elmer. I'm going to ask this boy some questions. Okay, Jim. Take it easy now. You never can tell about these muscles. He's probably waiting for that chopped he's joint to close. That's what's the idea, bud. Waiting for somebody... What's it to you? Uh, nothing special. just thought this is a peculiar time to be sitting in a car in a public street like this. <laughs> Anything wrong in that? Well, it all depends. Suppose you get out and let's take a look at you. I've been sort of looking for a gray coat and cap like that. Okay, cop. Now get this, sir. Huh? Get back in that baby carriage there and beat it. Get me? Make it fast. I ain't fooling. Okay, bud. Oops. You don't have to poke that gun through me, you know. Go on. Shut up. You'll have to move over, Elmer. He's got the drop on me. What's up, Jim? This monkey's got a gun on me, Elmer. Move over. Bring him back, Jim. Let me get a shot at him. You. Why are you... time assisted his brother officer, Hoffman, was unable to get a good shot at the fleeing bandit or to obtain a glimpse of his license. There followed hours of feverish activity on the part of the police. Additional officers were added to details, checking parking lots, garages, out-of-the-way storage lots, searching for the bandit's car. Next day, in the office of Chiefs, Detective Edwards, police officers on duty and off met for a conference. Fellas, we've got to find this bird that shot Jim Costello. Now, we know he lives somewhere around that district. And here's my suggestion. Let's map out that section in blocks. Let's all take a section and canvas it in plain clothes. We'll tell those mugs that run some of those places that if we don't find out within twelve hours who killed Costello, we'll really mess up that district. How's about it?
0: Okay, see. <laughs>
1: to go down to headquarters and try to prove they aren't true, would you? Sure enough. I ain't intend to go to the cop house. And I'm looking for a bird who shot a cop out here last night. If we hear from him inside of 12 hours, we won't need to come back through here looking for him. You get me?
0: Sure, I get
1: you. Be seeing you, Jordan. for a friend of mine. Got in a jam last night. Shot a cop. You know him? Ah, I don't know who you're talking about. Who are you? Never mind. That's the boys in the back room, how huh? they'd like to ride in the patrol wagon. Now, wait a minute. You got me wrong. I ain't... I know. You're not running the speakeasy. I'm not standing here, either. Now, listen to me. You don't want to have to fake a quick get the word around that we'll be waiting at headquarters tonight for a phone call about that mug who's so handy with a rod. And if that phone don't ring... You. Keep away from that car. Listen, my good man. Don't talk to me that way. I might arrest you. Oh, gee. I'm sorry, Captain. I, I didn't know who you was. Saw it. I'm looking for bullet holes, see? Yeah, yeah, I see. Well, uh, you won't find any nice cars. Well, maybe not. Then again, you don't happen to know anything about a car with some bullet holes in it, do you? No, sir. I, I don't. Well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll wait at headquarters until 12 tonight. You look around and see if you can find the blue-green Dodge Roadster with a dark top, will you? Uh, yes, sir. And don't forget to call me. Oh. Wait a minute, Mamie. Can't I come in? Beat it, cop. I ain't done nothing. I know you haven't, Mamie. Never can tell when you might want to, though. I wouldn't want to take you down to Georgia Street and have all those rough policemen asking you embarrassing questions. Not much. What are you looking for? The bird who shot Jim Costello. Look somewhere else. I don't have to. You're going to help me. I'm no stool pigeon. If somebody doesn't call the office before 12 tonight, you're going to wish you were some kind of pigeon. Goodbye, Mamie. (coughs)
0: Help...
1: Oh, my Yeah? Why are you don't that? you that Oh Hello? Hello? Well, there we are, boys. H. and Beacon. number. It was Capital 5341, I think. Yes, that was it. All right. Let's take a look at his room. Yes, sir. Right this way. Right in here, officer. Mm-hmm. Does this man have a car? Yes, sir. A uh, Dodge Roadster. What's his name? Rogers. Glenn Rogers. Okay. Don't let anybody into this room except the police officer. <laughs> Where's your phone? Right on the wall there, in the hall. Uh, let me talk to the manager. This is Detective Lieutenant Starrett. I want to get a number, Trace. Yes, Capitol 5341. All right, I'll wait. When did this Rogers guy move out? Oh, about two o'clock this morning. Mr. Rogers used to work for the streetcar company. Oh, he did, huh? Yes, sir. Hello? Yes? Herman Kroger, eh? 1907 Pasadena. Okay. Oh, streetcar conductor. Okay. Well, come on, Shadik. Let's go see the L.A. Railway special agent. In December of last year. Mm-hmm. How about Kroger? C R E C R O. Kroger, conductor on our line. Worked out of Division 2 I'll call him. you get me superintendent of Division Two. we can find out when he comes through town. What's he done? Nothing that we know of. Rogers is the man who shot Castilla last night. No. Wait a minute. Hello? Well, this is George Bruffett. Well, when does Herman Kruger do at Seventh in Spring? Okay. Have a relief, man, there. That's all. All right, boys. We'll go down and meet the gentlemen. <laughs> Taken off his car at seven in the spring, and without a word being spoken to him, was taken to the Georgia Street Station. Captain Edwards and Lieutenant Terrence began questioning him. We ought to know where you took Glenn Rogers. I don't know any Glenn Rogers. Ah, don't try to hand us that. We happen to know that you got a call from Rogers and that you went to his house at two o'clock this morning and helped him move. Now, where'd you take him? I didn't help him move, Dorothy. Who's darling? That's his girlfriend. Oh, so you do know Rogers. Well yeah, I know A little. Where is he now? None of your business. Oh, is that so? Now, listen, Mug. Any time a guy kills a copper, it's a whole lot of my business, see? Now, you come across. I ain't telling you nothing. <laughs> Why, you... Take it easy, Jim. Let me talk to this bird. Now, listen, Kroger. You're in a spot. You're guilty of compounding a felony in that you're helping conceal a felon. And you're guilty of helping him escape. Now, there are two sides to this thing, the right one and the wrong one. You're on the wrong side, Grover, and I'm giving you just five minutes to get right. That is, unless you want me to lock you up now. Uh, wait a minute. Got me wrong. I'll tell you all about it. All right. That's more like it. Get started. Well, Rogers called me early this morning. I went over to his place, as ace and beacon. He told me he shot a copper. Another copper shot him. He said he did it because he didn't want to be caught with a gun on. Him. Yeah, pretty weak excuse for killing a man. Yeah, that's what I told him. But he said that was his affair. He asked me to call Dorothy he his girlfriend, and I did. When they went out to her house, all I did was help them pack a little black handbag with some personal stuff, like shirts and things like that. Where did they go? I don't know the address, but I can show you. All right, come on and do it, Jim. Get out of. Let's drive Kroger over to the place he says Rogers is hiding. Where is this place, Grover? It's out uh, in Huntington Park. So that's the house over there, the okay. yellow one. Now, you stay here. Jack, you take that side window on the right. Okay, Captain. Derek, you take the back door. I'll go in the front way. Keep your eyes open. lady, just open it up. We're looking for Glenn Rogers. Well, he ain't here. Never mind, I see him. All right, Rogers, stick him up. Come on in, Jim. What'd you do with the gun, Rogers? I threw it away. But Rogers had not thrown the gun away. After hours of questioning, he finally admitted that he had hidden the gun used to shoot Officer James Costello on the night of March 30th. He was held to answer on charge of murder and brought to trial in Department 25 of the court of Judge Charles L. Fricke. Months dragged by, and at last the verdict of the jury is ready. The clerks will read the verdict case of the people of the state of California versus Glenn Rogers' defendant, we, the jury, find the defendant in the above-entitled action not guilty. Uh,
0: Order! uh, Order!
1: Order in the court! This is no laughing matter! The jury is discharged. Judge Fricke, I'm from the press. What do you think of the decision? In all my years on the bench, in all my experience as a lawyer and judge, this is the most incomprehensible verdict that has ever come to my notice. It is utterly unbelievable that any group of men and women could be so swayed by the words of witnesses and attorneys, so spellbound and hypnotized by the mass mind as to permit themselves to render such a verdict as this. It is not in the power of the people to appeal this case, so nothing remains but to abide by the verdict as returned by the jury. of Captain of Detective Edwards, we find Edwards in conference with officers Stavis, Derrick, O'Connor, and Fred Wessel. Well, hey boys, there you are. None of us had the faintest idea that Rogers would beat that murder rap. What's the next move, Captain? Well, the da has got a hold on him for those two robberies, and there's a charge of possession of a sap hanging over him. Now, I want you, Wessel, and you, O'Connor, to get busy and hang those robbers on that bird. And I don't want any slip-ups. Stavis? You and Chaddock stay on this and see that we get enough evidence to make these charges stick. Okay, Chief. Who's going to represent us on the case? Cliff Crail. You'll work with him in preparing the case. We want those witnesses who were at the murder trial but who didn't get a chance to testify. We're going to make this case airtight. <laughs> Rogers was again brought to trial, first on a charge of possessing a sap, or blackjack. Conviction followed on this charge in spite of the testimony of witnesses. Then began the robbery trial. For the March 25th crime, Rogers prepared a puncture-proof alibi. Witness after witness testified to seeing him that night, and also on the night of December 7th, 1929, the date of the first streetcar holdup. Finally, on September 11th, the defense called its last alibi witness, Rosamond O'Keefe. Miss O'Keefe, do you know the defendant... I have met him. Uh, Calling your attention to the night of December 7th, did you have occasion to see the defendant that night? Yes, I did. Uh, where did you see him? At the Cosmo Country Club. I danced with him. Mm, What time was that? Mm, It must have been shortly after nine. I got there just a little before nine. They were dancing then. Uh, What time did you leave? After twelve. You say the defendant came in a little after nine? Yes. And remain there steadily till you went home? Yes. Your witness, Mr. Crail. You, uh, did not go to this dance with the defendant, did you? No. You just met the defendant that night, did you? No. I had met him once before. When? About two years ago. Where? At Miss Moore's house. The girl who testified just before you did? Yes. Can you fix the time of this meeting? No. The day? No. The week? No the month? No. Are you sure you did meet him? No. I mean, yes. Make up your mind. Yes. But you did see the defendant on the night of December the 7th? Yes. Well, how do you fix the time so definitely if you cannot remember other dates? When it was called to my attention, I looked it up. Mm. I had my bid yet. My bid to the dance. Who called it to your attention? Miss Gilmore. Does that uh, bid bear the date of the dance? Yes, it does. Did you bring it with you? No, I left it at home. Uh Is this the only dance you ever attended at which the defendant was present? Yes. Are you positive of that? Yes. Your Honor, I request that this girl be sent home with an officer. That she be ordered to bring to the court this bid of which she speaks. Has counsel any objection? None, Your Honor. That it is so ordered. Rosamond O'Keefe was taken to her home. What happened when her Irish mother discovered what was taking place still brings smiles to the faces of the investigating officers. A much and Rosamond returned to the afternoon session, of course. Direct examination was begun by Deputy District Attorney Clifford Crail. Miss O'Keefe, you testified this morning that you attended a dance at the Cosmo Country Club on the night of December the 7th, 1929. Yes. And that during the evening you saw the defendant, Rogers, and you danced with him? Yes. That was substantially your testimony.
0: Yes.
1: Now, was that testimony true or false? It is false. What was your answer? It is false.
0: It is false.
1: (sighs) Miss O'Keefe, I'll ask you whether or not last Monday you talked to Evelyn Kilmore over the telephone. That during that conversation that she said to you substantially that you were going to be uh, called as a witness in this case that you would testify that you had danced with Glenn Rogers at the Cosmo Country Club on the night of December the 7th, 1929. Yes, that is right. He told you that? Yes. If Your Honor, please, for the purpose of the record, at this time, I'd like to stipulate that as far as counsel for Defense is concerned, he had nothing to do with putting on what is apparent as perjured testimony. And my investigation completely exonerates him from having anything to do with it. That's the record, so sure. In spite of alibis presented by the defense, Glenn Rogers was found guilty of robbery in the first degree. Have you ever seen a long freight train toiling up a mountain grave? Figure for yourself the power required, the lubricant, that must be used to overcome the tremendous friction. It is significant that 52 of the great railway systems of this country depend on Sinclair motor oils to fight friction and wear in their equipment. That fact is as fine an endorsement as any product could have. But that is not all. Add to that the preference of 150 airlines, airplane manufacturers, and flying fields. Everyone knows how vital lubrication is in the business of flying. In addition, millions of motorists in 45 countries say Sinclair in dozens of different languages to express their choice of motor oil. Bear in mind that the motor oil you put in your car is the one thing that prevents moving metal parts from coming together. The one thing most important in safeguarding your motor investment. Make that oil the best you can buy. Sinclair. Sinclair Opaline is only 25 cents a quart at your Rio Grande dealer. It's the qualified companion product of Rio Grande Crack gasoline. You should get them both at your Rio Grande dealers tomorrow. And now again we hear Chief Davis. Through circumstances over which the police department had no control, Lynn Rogers was never punished for the cold-blooded shooting of a police officer. He was sentenced, however, to consecutive terms, five years to life and seven years to life on charges of robbery. Efforts are now being made to free this man and again enable him to prey upon
0: society. <laughs>
1: Calling all cards, attention all cards, cancellation broadcast 191 regarding a hold up. The suspect in this case is now in custody. And that's
0: all. Rolls and questions.